This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots on ABC Radio Perth and WA and the ABC Listener. and shoots ABC Radio Perth and WA, ah. the ABC Listener, or wherever you get your podcasts. There you go, double wow. banger. Hello. Hello, Sarah I Knight. I don't know why that happened. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's a new promo. I haven't heard that I know, one it's before. brand new. It's Whoa. brand speaking new. I went into promos, Ooh. put my manager hat on, yeah, yeah. said I want a new opener. <laughs> Needs to say Roots and Shoots. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because that that's the name of the program. Yes. That's a stroke of genius doing that. So and our statewide audience just joined mm. us. Hello. I'm Sarah Knight. I'm sitting in, standing in for Rowana Edwards just for this week. She's back next week. Yes. And Sabrina, you've already heard, is here. And we first were on air together. We were reminiscing mm. as I was getting the cobwebs, <laughs> sweeping the cobwebs <laughs> off my um, presenting arms. Um, we first presented together back in 2000. I can't believe that. It actually feels like it wasn't that long ago. No. Like it just does not feel like that was 23 years ago. And we were in the old building back in those days. We in were. The little Rabbit Warren. We were. Um, we were younger. Yes, <laughs> It was pre-9-11. <laughs> it was pre-9-11. We just had the Y2K. Yes, yes, yes the end of the world. See, young people today, oh, they, w- they wouldn't even know what a Y2K <laughs> was. <laughs> well, anyway, it's so much fun having you in, Sarah, because there's not – well, there's not a lot of us left from the early, early, early days. No, there's very few of us left. Mm. But I have to say it was one of the things I checked before saying, yes, I do Saturday breakfast. Is Sabrina on? <laughs> Want to talk to Sabrina? <laughs> she so, is. She, she is. is. Now, She's let me give you the numbers. Well. Uh, you know the numbers. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. 720 if you want to call in with your gardening question or just to say hi, um, or you can text 0437-922-720. But if you want to email the program, mm. it's perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. And you might want to e- email because then you can send a photo if you've got a, a weird and wacky thing going on in your garden. So that's perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. It's eight minutes past nine. Sabrina Hans, Sarah Knight in the house. Yeah. And we have got an email question. Ah, I love that because with the email questions, you always get a little photo. Yes. And we love the photos, Sarah. So it's been sent in by Carol. Ah, and Carol is with us online. Hello, Carol. Good morning to two S's. <laughs> <laughs> the two S's. I like it. Okay. Now, Good morning. Now, now, what have you got there, Carol? I've got one of those wacky flowers. Yeah. I'm, a... I'm looking at it, Carol, and you've got a gerbera that's decided, oh, I don't want to be any colour but green. Well, it's got right. some petals. Mm, it's got a bit of red in it. but um, So, Carol, you are the lucky winner of a really extraordinary virus. <laughs> that, That's what I thought. Yep, mm. that turns all the flowers green. So what happens in early cell division, uh, so this is a cluster virus. So it, they're mycoplasma virus and they cluster with other viruses. And then the cells that make the colour of the flower, uh, the virus attacks it and it actually makes them 
uh, make chlorophyll. So instead of getting yellow, red, blue flowers, you end up with green flowers like the leaves. Mm. Now, the virus is carried by sap suckers, usually aphids, and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay, so I pull that plant out? No, 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 don't do that. So what happens is the virus doesn't live for too long, so you cut that flower off and the next flowers that come through will probably be coloured. Oh, good. Because it's, because it's I've got a lot of other plants I didn't want to No, no, no. Now, that will only be in your gerbera. Will not be transferred to any other plant apart because they're host-specific to that particular right. genus and species. So it won't jump well, genus. But if I've you've got, got lots of gerbers. Yeah, if you've got, got lots of gerbers, cut that flower off now. <laughs> right. But and, it won't go onto my... I've got some roses that are no, a little bit... No, 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 no way in the world. Chili thrip? Well, okay, so the leaves will go a bit munted looking like they're all curly and squishy. Right. The yes. buds don't develop properly. So they right. go all mm. Mm, brown and black and don't open up. Right. So I think I've got that too. Okay, so pyrethrum for you, Carol. So today you're going to cut your gerberas off that are green, pyrethrum on your roses and then enjoy the sunshine because it's going to be a cracker day. Yeah, well, is it going to be a cracker day in Carnarvon? Oh. What's the weather like in Carnarvon? It would be. Beautiful. Beautiful. 28 today, lovely sunny day. Oh, Oh, glorious. And and the water is looking mighty fine, I should think. I would imagine so. Carol, thank you very much. You're our first caller through. The R-Line's free, 1300 222 720. We'd love to talk to you, so give us a call. Yes, you can text. Mm. We'll do some texts. Yes, we will. But um, please call one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Josh from Mandra has texted. Morning, mm. guys. Love the show. Rent in Mandra with mostly sandy soil. Yeah, mm. along with most of us. Yep. I would like to add some colour to the garden with flowers, ideally some self-seeding perennials, mm-hmm. if that's possible. I'm looking for all-year colour. What would my options be? What a great question. Oh, Josh, you don't want much, do you? <laughs> Colour all year round. Okay, so in spring, the nurseries are absolutely chocker-blocker with Colour. all sorts of plants, all colour. Now, because of your soil down there, things like the Mediterranean plants and native plants do very, very well. So... Grab yourself some grevilleas. You, you can get lovely little small grevilleas and they flower on and off all year round. Definitely put in salvias. There's about available, there's probably about 40 different salvias, different heights, different colours. They flower on and off all year round. So you've got grevilleas, you've got salvias, you've got um, a cosmos you can put in, you've got sunflowers you can put in, but you want stuff that'll flower in winter. So something like the, um, oh, at the moment, there's all sorts of uh, polyanthus will do really well. Perhaps they're a nana plant, Sarah. Um, and they have all sorts of really bright, beautiful flowers. Lobelia will grow really well down there. You've got uh, Corazima, which has the bright orange-yellow flowers. They do very well. You've got Orthrosanthus, which is a native blue flowering plant. Oh, my goodness, the list is endless, seriously. And I can't spell any of them, but I've written them all down. <laughs> you but, can correct the spelling later. 
But you know when I rattle off a whole pile of plant names, Sarah? People just have to go and listen to the podcast. That's right, which you can find on any podcasting platform Absolutely. as well as the ABC Listen app. That's exactly right, Sarah. So you don't have to try and memorise it or write it down. You just go back and listen later. And then take it to your garden store and say, mm, I, I want, want this. <laughs> Press play. <laughs> <laughs> I have er- Eremoth- Eremophila. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, ground creepery thing. Yes. That's flowering quite nicely oh, at the yeah. moment. Aromo- yeah. there's, there's been a lot of work done on Eremophilas lately. So the most common one is Calberry carpet. I don't really like it. I don't think as a performer. No. But it's, it's not easy. the pretty one, but no. it's hardy as. Yeah, and it's easy to propagate. That's why you get it everywhere. Right. You literally look at it, blow on it, hurl it on the ground and it takes root. Josh, it sounds like your plant. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Let's take some more calls. Uh, our number, one three hundred triple two seven twenty. if you'd like to call in. Jane in Kubalup is next. Hello, Jane. Welcome to ABC Radio Perth. Hi. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Very well, Jane. Oh, that's good. Hey, um, Sabrina, I in a duplex and our front yards are joined mm-hmm. and my side's all full of lovely everlastings and native oh. plants and my neighbour's side is a lovely mix of cooch and onion weed. Oh, mm. not so lovely. <laughs> and um, the Sustainable. plan is that she wants to fill up her front yard with everlastings next year. Yeah. So we were thinking to cover the cooch and the onion weed with the clear plastic and do yep. it that way. Yep, solarise um, it. So, yeah, so my question is how long to leave the plastic on and what to do afterwards to get it ready for autumn next year. Okay, I love it that you've started a movement with your neighbourhood <laughs> yeah, there, Jane. That is great. how everlastings <laughs> will attract the whole neighbourhood. <laughs> They're so beautiful. Oh, I know. They're so lovely. Okay, so solarising lawn or weeds is most effective over summer. So I wouldn't even – so what you need to do is you need to get the cooch to grow really, really well at the moment Uh because you're going to sneak up behind it and cause death later on. (laughs) So So the more green you've got, the better it is to kill it. So the clear plastic you're going to lay down, wait until the end of October, November. Make sure that you put either bits of wood or bricks or something to hold it down. Uh And then you're going to leave it all summer long and you will see that it will actually roast it. Uh Um, So don't take the plastic off until the end of March. Okay. Then all you need to do is get yourself a bit of, um, get some compost, sprinkle that around the the place. Then when you, are you going to sow from seed, the everlastings from seed? Okay. Mix it up, mix the seed up in a bucket with perlite, Mm P-E-R-L-I-T-E. And you need about, if you've got one cup of everlastings, you need three cups of perlite. Right. You're going to sprinkle those, then with a rake, you're going to lightly rake over, water it, mm-hmm. bingo. Because ah, okay. the solarising in summer means that the heat actually penetrates through the through the soil. If you if you okay. do it any other time of the year, the cooch will die, but then come back up and go. Ha! Right. You thought you had me, but you didn't. Does it oh, kill well, off all the fantastic. microbes as well? No, because the microbes will actually sink deeper down into the soil profile. 
Mm. Okay. Some of them will die, but... And does it matter what kind of plastic? has to be clear. You have to have the sunlight coming through it. If you use black plastic, then you get all sorts of horrible bacteria that grows underneath it, which you don't want. And then you can watch your plants die. I know. It's so exciting. <laughs> Sabrina, just adding joy to our lives. Jane, great question. I think a few people will be following on yep. from that. Uh, Andy is next. He wants to talk to us about snotty gobble trees. Ah, my favourite tree, Andy. Good morning. Yes, good morning, ladies. How are you? Good. Full That's of the good. joys of I spring. I have a question. Ooh. I live in Bustledon and I'm just wondering, is it possible to purchase or is it actually possible to grow a snotty gobble? My oath it is, Andy. Awesome. Um, now, in saying that, I have to tell you, I've probably killed about six. Because <laughs> um, I've like got to, to stop putting plastic over them, really. <laughs> <laughs> I like to experiment. So I, like you, live in coastal sandy soil uh, that's very alkaline. Now, snotty gobbles do not like that. So the trick for you, Andy, is to grow your snotty gobble in a pot. Right. Are they available? From a cutting? They may, oh, <laughs> if you can grow a snotty gobble from a cutting, you will be a very wealthy man. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other thing is, though, Andy, they are available. There is a community um, nursery down near you, and they have snotty gobbles. There is a nursery where the woman that runs that nursery actually specialises in growing snotty gobbles, and she grows them from seed. So they are definitely available. And the, the people that do it are all down your neck of the woods. Excellent. That's great news. But do not put it in the ground. So you know they're semi-parasitic. Yes. So put something else in with it. Like with mine, I've actually just put dichondra, which looks really pretty, oh. covers the pot, and that seems to be enough for the snotty gobble to suck whatever it needs out of that. How long has yours lived in a pot for? Well, it's actually got to four years now, which wow. is uh, which is astonishing. <laughs> that's the longest I've ever kept the snotty gobble alive. <laughs> oh, that's magic. Thank I'm, I'm you. so proud, Andy, so proud. Are you a uh, set-up call, Andy, just so that no, Sabrina can no, sky? No, actually not. <laughs> no, well, after six deaths, I think I've finally cracked the uh, the way of growing them. You've cracked the code. Yep, yep, that's it, Andy. Oh, good luck, Andy. I appreciate it, ladies. Thank no you. No worries. And in a couple of years' time, we, we need to see the photos, Andy, okay? So yeah, make sure you right. email us. It's perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. It's 20 minutes past nine. We're going to talk to Brody in Nunup mm. in just a moment. Last night's City of Fremantle Council meeting was packed out with vendors from the city's historic Fremantle markets. It's breakfast. Good morning, Annie. What decision did Council make last night? They approved the business plan for us to stay. (laughs) You just never know how it's going to go on the night. It gets debated around the room and you're all a little bit anxious. You breathe a literal sigh of relief at the start of the interview. (laughs) It's been a long three years. Eddie Williams on ABC Radio Perth and the ABC Listen app. Doing a fantastic Fantastic job on breakfast. If you haven't tuned into ABC Perth Breakfast, um, do. He's on for the next two weeks while Stan is away. It's 20 minutes past nine. Brody, waiting patiently, has sent us an email, which I'm now going to bring up on our screen so Sabrina can see it. How are you, Brody? Are Hello, you Brody. Are you there, mate? 
Come Ooh. in. Good morning, Roots ah. and Shoes. So I'm Sarah Knight. I'm listener, first time caller. Oh, bro. And my welcome. first time on the show for 20 years. Ages. Oh, no. Yeah, a couple not, of years. Not that long, but no. yeah, ages. <laughs> so we're all first timers apart from Sabrina. Yes. What? But what can we do for you, Brody? So I sent some photos through. I've got some fruit trees that haven't been fruiting for some time. Apparently, we've just moved into the property, and I want to give them some love and see if I can get them back. Okay. So um, we're just uh, we're just your photos oh. are just oh, coming through now. Oh, beautiful yep. nan up. Look, it's green lawn and everything. Um, okay. Yep. So they're all deciduous trees. You've got a fig. You've got a pear. Uh, you need to. You have you got a reciprocating saw, Brody? I have. Yeah. Ah, yep. you got a chainsaw as have, well. Yep. Oh, ripper! Well, you're going to be using those. Going to make life a bit easier. <laughs> oh, they're big. Um, big they're, trees. They're big, but they haven't been pruned in a long time. So I would hook in now. Uh, um, is that is one of them an almond tree? Looks like an almond. Um. No, not that I know of. Okay. Possibly. So, uh, okay. So the fig. Let's start at the at the top. So the fig tree you can prune mercilessly. I'd take two thirds off. Um, okay. Your pear tree you can't prune as hard. You need to thin out some of the branches so that th- there's room for sunlight to come through. So you're going to take a third of the branches off. You're going to take a third down, take a third of the branches off at the trunk. You're going to do that with the fig mm-hmm. as well, except you're going to take 50% off the fig. Um, and what do you reckon the other trees are? Apples. Oh, apples. Okay. Oh, yes. So... Um, now you've got you've got lots of growth coming from the bottom. That growth is useless. You may as well take it off. So you're going to look at the framework of the apple tree. So mm-hmm. you want a good four or five, make it five strong branches. The 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 wood that's coming off at the top, you want to prune that down. You're not going to get fruit next year, but you need to actually change the framework of your apple trees. So all the suckering stuff, get rid of all of it at the base. Then look so that you've got a balanced tree and you're going to, again, take a third off and thin out some of the wood. Gotcha. And And around the trunk, should I peel some of that grass back? Yeah, definitely, definitely. What happens with lawn is it's, it's... Lawn will grab whatever the nutrients are around the top 20 centimetres, which means your tree isn't going to get it. So you need to clear the the grass around from all of your fruit trees. Apart from the fig, the fig won't care. You've got some work. I can give that a go. I have got some work, but thanks so much for your help. Okay. No worries, Brody. Appreciate it. And, in fact, Brody, in Nanup, there's quite a few orchards around there. You can maybe... Hit up a neighbour and ask for some advice on the shape. Yeah, because, well, all you need to do is drive past. Really. <laughs> yes, that's true. Just look at them. <laughs> and and don't forget with pruning. So there are there's hundreds of YouTube pruning videos, but the, the mistake people make is they don't look at where it's done. Oh. So lots of them are from America. Um and they don't know how to prune over there? Well, they prune at a different time of the year and they prune much harder because they get snow. 
I know it gets nippy in Nanup, but not that nippy. So we prune differently because we don't get snow. Ah. So we don't get those long, cold, white winters. Hey, if anyone knows a local YouTuber that does pruning videos, mm. let mm. us know. We'll let others know. That might be useful. Well, I'm doing that next year. Are you? Yes, because I'm not doing any landscaping anymore. I'm not doing any overseas tours anymore. And there's just not enough content for WA Gardens because it's so different. It's even different to over east. So we'll we'll be doing videos on – and my trees are 20 years old now, so they're really good to show – And you've you basically did, what, done nothing with them for 20 years. So that you can, no, <laughs> well, joking. a couple of them. Actually, I haven't. <laughs> This is Roots and Shoots. Sarah Knight sitting in for Rowanna Edwards just for this weekend and Sabrina Hahn, our gardening guru. Let's do a few quick texts. Yes. Okay. We're going to start with Greg. There are those large plastic wicking beds you see around mm. the place. They're not cheap, but they are elevated. Are they any good for growing vegetables in? Yep, they are, Greg. And, you know, um, like today is going to be 23 we are looking at, uh, I reckon we're heading towards a pretty vicious summer. The thing about wicking beds is it's a, it's a very sustainable way of growing your food in terms of water usage. So I think wicking beds work very, very well. I've got four myself and I grow my veggies in those. Um, now, the ones that... Um, that the plastic ones? The, Rob's talking about the ones on the stilts. They only have a depth of 40 centimetres. I personally don't think that's deep enough. So the wicking beds that I use are a metre. Why are they called wicking deep. beds? Oh, okay. So so the idea works that there's at the bottom of the container, which is all it has a floor on it, you have an area where it fills with water. Then you have... Uh, um, a pipe that goes down that you just shove your hose in the pipe to fill that body of water up. Then you have something like vermiculite or perlite and that that the water draws from the bottom up, basically. So the roots of your plant get the water by the water, the capillary action of the water moving the up. The more they use, the more they suck up. Yes, and then you just fill that the bottom part of the vessel with water. Yeah. So there's no water going on the leaves, no water going on the fruit. Uh, the water is, is down the bottom, so you don't get the as much evaporation. You won't get the disease that you get with things like tomatoes. If the bottom leaves get water on them, then you're going to end up with all sorts of fungal diseases. So in terms of being water-wise, they are very efficient. Do they get waterlogged in winter when it's raining a lot? No, they have a tap. So okay. you leave the tap open. So the water can only get to a certain level and then it drains out. So where they put the tap is very important. Very mm. good. Okay, next question. Uh, hi, Sabby. We have three Kensington Pride mango trees about five metres high and very bushy. Mm. How do I prune them without damaging them? That's Rob and Emily from okay. Texas in Queensland. Oh, wow. Well, hey, Rob, Queensland. Hello, Queensland. We have people listening from all over the shop. Um, okay, so the KP mango is a large mango and you can prune, you can prune them down to three metres. So if you've got a five-metre mango... 
take two metres off. Love the sound effect. Because you have to. <laughs> it should be. So you have to be able to reach the fruit. Now, the best time to prune mango trees is when they have finished fruiting. You've got to do it so you kind of missed the boat this year. But it is Queensland and that's a bit warmer. So my motto is you do stuff when you've got time to do it. But if you prune it now, you're probably not going to get fruit this summer. Okay. All right. If you can wait until the end of the season next year, then you might be able to take two and a half metres off. Go nuts. Well, go mangoes. How often should we use diluted worm juice on our house and garden plants? I'm not sure if it supplies all the required nutrients. Neither am I, Mark in Greenwood. Mm, Mark, it won't give you all the minerals that you need for your particularly your outdoor plants. It's fine for indoor plants. You will still need to use a a fertiliser that's got all the minerals in it twice a year, three times a year. Worm worm juice is basically, um, it builds up the microbial life in the soil. So biologically, it's fantastic for the soil, which makes the plant roots be able to draw up nutrients better. It also is uh, works to ward off fungal diseases. So um, worm wee, I would use it once every month on yeah. everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you've got a big enough supply. Well, that's the thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? That is the thing. Okay, it is half past nine. Goodness me, Roots and Shoots flying by this morning. Isn't so nice ever? to be in the studio with you, Sabrina. Oh, I'm fun. Sarah Knight. This is Sabrina Hahn. We're here for the next half an hour. If you have questions, now is the time to get them in. But we need to take a very, very short break because... It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick, pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. All right. Put me out of my misery. Okay. So the deal here is, Sarah, so mm-hmm. the deal with my pick of the week is has to be something you can dance to. That's, that's the only – and the only exception to that rule is opera. Because that's a little bit tricky to dance to, you you sort of have to do lots of. Have you picked opera? Yeah, we've we've played a lot of. But opera not today. Here. Not today. Oh. It goes off like a frog in a sock, Sarah. People love opera. Well, who knew? Who knew? I didn't. I thought maybe it's just gardeners. Love opera. No, because we get even young people that ring in that have even never Even young been, people? Young, can you imagine young people liking opera? But people that have never heard opera and they go, that was a winner. Ah, okay, all Surprise, right. I love opera. I'm embracing myself. Okay, so, so something you can dance to. So today we're going to play Florence and the Machine. Okay. And Dog Days Are Over. It's a great little tune, Sarah. We'll dance together. I'm looking forward to it. Sort of. <laughs> Happiness hit the like a train on a track. Yeah, I can dance to that. That was pretty good moves, oh, I have to okay. say, Sarah. We're <laughs> all a bit puffed out. <laughs> I mean, we didn't start dancing. It was quite no. slow to start with, yeah. but towards the end there. Yeah. Yeah, we were, in it. we were into it. Into it. As were 
some of our listeners. Oh, perfect, Sabrina from Karen. Ah, oh, thank you, Karen. I'm sorry, but I can't stand that woman. Ah, <laughs> I'm, I presume he's talking about Florence. He wouldn't be talking about us, Greg. God no, no. Uh, that's a winner for me, says this listener. Uh, great choice, Sabrina from John. Mm. Uh, adore Florence in her twice in concert. She's amazing. Oh, she's live. amazing Great live. Pick. Yeah, yeah. What did you? You just pointed to something. Oh, this one here, which is interesting. Oh, tell Sab the asylum clients like this one. Mm. Okay, no, go, fair enough. Mm. Uh, adore Florence in her twice. Yes, we mentioned that. Great choice. Yes, fantastic pick. One of my favourite happy songs. Ah, there you go. I'm too tired this morning to dance. Oh, but I was tapping everything about. <laughs> <laughs> tapping everything about. Except for the slow bit in the middle. Okay. She's on the settee. Spilled her breakfast. <laughs> Annie Chidlow, love it. Uh, very good. Thank you, Sabrina. Hello. I have my radio on as loud as possible. I am dancing around in my living room with my dog. <sighs> I love this song. Oh. Ten out of ten from me. Thank you, Penelope. That's awesome. Oh. Another well done. Love it, love it, love it. Full dancing, dancing while I put my veggies away for my visit to the farmer's market. Oh, oh it's yum. such a Saturday, isn't it? <gasps> Farmers markets and Florence gives me goosebumps. Mosh pit moves here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just look at that. I think I think the ladies liked it more than the men. I think so. I I don't know why that is. I think because the ladies get up and they're the ones that dance like immediately, whereas the chappies perhaps a little bit reticent to get still up in bed. And, maybe mm, maybe outside maybe, sp- oh. with the chainsaw. Yes, or maybe mm-hmm. they've taken the kids to sport. Ah, yes, it is yes. sports. Sport day. Sport yeah. day on a and Saturday. Sports talk coming up yep. in just 22, 27 minutes mm. after the mm. news. We get a lot of listeners that listen to us at 5 to 10, Sarah, because <laughs> they're, they're actually just oh. about to tune into something else. Yes, well, they're <laughs> going to miss out on asking me questions because we've got a full bank of calls. Yes. And we're going to start with Pat in East Frio. Pat, hello. Welcome to Saturday hello. Breakfast. Hello. Thank hello, you for taking Pat. my call. It is our pleasure. Sarah. I have a Camarillo tree mm-hmm. uh, and it's about six to eight years old. Yeah. I transferred it from Beverly to East Fremantle. Yeah. And it's fruiting now, right. but it has lots of problems with bugs. There's a silvery mm. sort of uh, on the back of, of a silvery film yes. on the back of the leaf. Right. And I love it, but yeah. it's not looking very well. The leaves are yellow mm. and a little brown at the end. Yeah. Um, Pat, tamarillo trees are actually one of those live fast Die young. Die young. Um, So I reckon that – so the silvery bit on the back is spider mite. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Now – but I would suggest that your tamarillo tree is kind of nearing the end of its cycle. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can spray lime sulphur for the spider mite and you can still eat the fruit. Um, but I think it's better for it to come out. Yeah, and and Pat, put a new one in because they do really well. Do they? Yeah. Oh, well, the, I, I love the fruit. It's a red uh, yeah. tamarillo, so and it's, it's lovely because it's sort of tart, but 
It tastes like tamarillo, I reckon, tastes like a cross between a passion fruit, a banana, and an orange. It does. Yeah, they're delicious. Absolutely. So go and get yourself a new tamarillo tree, Pat. I will. Can I put it in the same spot or does it go somewhere else? No, you can put it in exactly the same spot, Pat. Sounds like it's done pretty well in that spot. Yeah, I'll say. If you're if you're chainsawing removing a tree, is that mm-hmm. is that the same thing as a green dream? <laughs> Just asking for a friend. Alicia's in <laughs> Lower Cheshire. Hello, Alicia. Welcome. Uh, hello, Hi. Alicia. Hello. Firstly, thank you for your advice about seven weeks ago. Um my daughter's, uh, what do you call it, so I don't put anyone up for breakfast, uh, birth fry product is happily hiding underneath an olive tree now. Oh, that is fantastic. Um, question for you, though. Uh, previously touched on by another caller, bugger all water at the moment. Um, have resigned myself to the fact that we're going to have to grow out of wicking barrels for our veggie garden. Yeah. Um, but I still want to put some sort of hedging around our veggie patch to attract bees, etc. Yep. in. Yep. Um, obviously, it's the time to propagate lavender and I've got a yeah. living on the block quite happily. Yep. What else could you suggest that could be hedged and um, could survive on... Uh, hardly any water. Yeah, yep. Hardly any water um, for spring, summer and autumn to obviously encourage the uh, friends in all year round. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, now, there are things like wistringias that flower on and off all year, but I would put in grevilleas. So there's some really tough little grevilleas that you can still hedge. So there's one called uh, uh, Blood Red. There's another one. There's an absolute cracker called City Lights. And it only gets to one and a half metres. Is that too big for you? No, no. I mean, let's face it, the lavender is probably at the moment about, yeah, it's probably up to my hip. Okay, so, so yeah, City Lights far, has really. bright orange toothbrushy type flowers. And the bees, including native bees, absolutely yeah. love it. It's a Ooh. cracker of a grev. Um, I'd, I'd actually look to the small. Uh, grevilleas and see what's yep. around because a well, lot of them so the ones cover the rest of the gaps where the lavender yeah. is obviously flowering there's another one called Lilian Lilian is beautiful and it's got like popcorn blow your eyeballs out little red flowers <laughs> it's it's got a fine leaf so it's perfect for hedging yeah so okay, Grevillea Lilian I'm right in city yeah. lights. That can be a decent start. Thank you yep. so much. Okay. Marie. Thanks, Alicia. Yes, Alicia. Bye. Great question. Yes, writing those down for me as well. It's very, very good. good. <laughs> um, all right. Nola in Bunbury is our next caller. Hi, Nola. Hello, ladies. Hello, Nola. I'm just trying to struggle up. I've been on my knees doing some weeding. <laughs> good girl. Um, I sent you an email about a very, very old fern that I just got from a deceased estate. Right. And I've given a good haircut, but I think it, you know how you can't really get true Boston ferns here anymore? Yeah. I, I think that's what it is, is it, Sabrina? Um, We're just, oh, there we are. Oh, no. Oh, I thought at first it was a fishbone fern, but it's not. It is no. a Boston fern. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why don't you just hack the hell out of that? 
with a tomahawk and divide it up. That's what I want to do. But I'm wondering, because you can't get them anymore, mm. I'm wondering if it's worth um, harvesting the spores. Oh, and yes. Very fancy. Yes, you certainly can. Now, Nola, you'll need like a little mini greenhouse. Yeah. You'll need uh, a baking tray. Yep. Uh, some paper towels. Yeah. Some vermiculite. Yep. So what you're going to do is you're going to, in the in your baking tray, you're going to put down a little bit of uh, soil, like potting mix. Yeah. Then on top yeah. of that, you're going to put paper towels and make them like three, Moist. four layers thick and moisten yeah. it. Then you're going yeah. to sprinkle vermiculite on top of that, moisten it again. Then yeah. you're going to just drop the fern leaf that's got the spore yeah. on, on top of that, and then yeah. you're going to put a lid over it. So it has mm-hmm. to have high humidity. Now, it must be kept moist because the gametes, all the sexual part that goes on when spores propagate themselves, yeah. have to yeah. move through water. Right. So it has to be kept moist and humid all the time. Okay, so I have to give it a tent of some sort that keeps yeah. the, the, the temperature high. Yep, yep. And Not in the sun. Warm. has to be in the shade, okay? Yep, yep. Okay. So, so do that. And then what you do is you prune your fern, take two-thirds off, get a tomahawk and hack the hell out of it, and then yeah. just repot those. Can you do yeah. that or is it someone else's? <laughs> no, 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 it's mine. Oh, it's, it's yours. Right. Oh, that's I'm all right then. Oh, that's... <laughs> I've, I've actually got the fern. I've given it a hell of a hacking yep. because I sent through several yeah. things and now I'm going to split it up. But yeah, I just good. wondered if I should start. Yeah, definitely um, collect the spore because they are very difficult to get now. Yeah, they are. You can't mm. And the fronds on this. Some of them, before I even hacked it, were two metres long. I know, I'm just looking at them. They're enormous. So it looks like a fish bone, but wider, slightly wider. Wider and more attractive. (laughs) It is much more attractive. (laughs) Oh, look. Well done. I think we're coming down to your place in Bunbury, Nola, to steal some of those. Good luck with the spores. How long will it take before you see them sprout? Uh, it's not too long, actually, probably about six weeks. Okay. Mm. Now, if you can't get that particular Boston fern, there is a fern called Kimberly Queen that looks very similar. Okay. Um, and I've got that. And the fronds are very, they're probably a metre and a half long. All right. So. Well, that, that would look lovely. I know. Just about anywhere. Last night's City of Fremantle Council meeting was packed out with vendors from the city's historic Fremantle markets. It's breakfast. Good morning, Eddie. What decision did Council make last night? They approved the business plan for us to stay. (laughs) You just never know how it's going to go in the night. It gets debated around the room and you're all a little bit anxious. You breathe a literal sigh of relief at the start of the interview. (laughs) It's been a long three years. Eddie Williams on ABC Radio Perth and the ABC iView. So you're with Roots and Shoots on ABC Radio Perth. Sarah Knight sitting in for Rowanna Edwards. We've only got 12 minutes Mm. left. I can't believe it's gone so fast. Um, Quick text. Ooh, 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 this texter says. It's Sue from Success. (laughs) It's not me. Ooh, ooh, Sabrina, good news. I phoned a couple of weeks ago wanting to grow Morton Bay Bay figs from seed and they're sprouting. But what should I feed them? Oh, yes. 
Sue. Success in success. Yes, indeed. Now, anyone that grows anything from seed deserves an applause. Yes. Because I think it's a marvellous way to go. Okay, so if your seedlings are... So once they get to more than four leaves, that's when you fertilise them. So you can liquid fertilise them with a half-strength liquid fertiliser or you can put on a little bit of slow-release fertiliser. You will only need half a teaspoon until they start growing up. So liquid fertilise, half-strength, half a teaspoon of slow-release fertiliser. It deserved better than what we could do. <laughs> what we could do. All right. I like it. Uh, morning, Sabrina. Love your show. White fly, mm. she thinks, brought a virus, I'm told, mm. to my climbing jasmine. Leaves all became deformed. I sprayed it, but it still doesn't look good. Pull it out, start again. What should I do? Will the soil be infected? Uh, That's Heather. Now, Heather. Great name for a gardening show. Great, perfect. Um, I, I have my doubts that white fly have bought a virus to your climbing jasmine because at this time of the year the climbing jasmine are being hammered by a little tiny leaf miner that makes all the leaves all distorted and wacko. So I would spray them with – I would spray your jasmine with a a bacteria that is made just for caterpillars – Okay. So if you go to your nursery and you say, I want a spray that just kills caterpillars and it's got a bacteria in it, they will give you the right stuff. Um, Don't pull it out. The soil won't be infected. Uh, I doubt that it is a virus. So I reckon Do you chop the deformed bits off? Yes, definitely prune it. Now, if it's the winter jasmine, uh, the jasmine and polyanthus, that's just coming into flower now, so wait until it flowers and then prune the hell out of it. If it's the azoricum, which is a summer flowering jasmine, if you prune it now, what are we in, August, you'll probably get flowers. So I'd prune it, spray it with the bacteria spray and feed it. Give it some fertiliser. Speaking of caterpillars, mm. Phil Imandra has called us. Hello, Phil. G'day, how are you, Sabrina? Yeah, good, Phil, and I'm here with Sarah. Yeah, hey, for what it's worth, I always listen to the show from start to finish. How's that? Oh, oh you're I a love champ. your work. <laughs> hey, um, fluffy black caterpillars, I wouldn't ah. say I've got an yep. infestation, but I've got a lot of them, and they just walk around. I, I scoop them up in a spray can lid and give them to the chooks, but the yep. chooks don't even like them. No, and you know why, Phil? Because those hairy Marys... In the in the hairs, they have like weaponry, and it's like barbs, and they also secrete uh, a very foul-smelling, nasty, mm. acidic solution. So the birds won't eat them. Now the hairy Marys are everywhere at the moment, and you'll see them wandering around the place, climbing up your walls. Some people have them climbing up their curtains inside. They must do housework on a similar level that I do. So, Phil, you need to get the bacteria spray I was talking about. There's two of them on the market. They only kill caterpillars, right? So um, it's a bacteria that gets in through the spiracles of the caterpillar, which are their little breathing holes down the side, grows in their body, attacks the nervous system and... Good night, nurse. See you later. How do I find them? 
Oh, well, you will, You may not see them, but you'll see where they've been because they eat everything and they leave a trail of poo. So they okay. poo as much as they eat. So you get little black poo drops everywhere. Yeah. Um, so just spray everything that you think that they're eating because you'll see that there's nothing left of your veggies. Good luck with that, Phil. And they're clever, Sarah, because what they do is as soon as they see you, they, they drop. They drop to the mm. ground and curl in a little tight ball. Don't pick them up with your fingers, by the way, if you've got kids, because the, they do secrete that toxic Maybe solution and they've itchy. got barbs, yeah, and yeah. it stays itchy. Yeah, Yucky. Uh, more bugs on veggies in Geraldton. Hello, Lee. Hello. How are you going? Yeah, good, Lee. So um, I've just gone out to check my vegetables mm. and my cauliflowers and broccolis are absolutely covered oh. in what I call a little white mite. And I'm just doing a bit of a Google search. And yep. the, the best it seems to come up with is it's a two-spotted or a red spider mite. They're, they're not red. They're, they're like a white colour. Yep. But there is absolutely gazillions all no. over my, it's my not, veggies. It's not white. It's not mites. It's actually white fly, which are a type what? of tiny, 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 tiny aphid. So they don't. And I'm looking at a picture, a picture here, not one that I'm taking, just on 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 um, the computer, and it doesn't look like a white fly. Oh, okay. It doesn't have wings. No, it doesn't have wings. They look. It actually looks like this mite thing, but I'd okay. I'd be checking me wrong. All right. Okay. So if it's mites, you just use lime sulfur. Lime sulfur, and I'll get that from the hardware. Yep, from a hardware or a nursery. Right. Okay. And if it's fly, a uh, white fly, uh, py- pyrethrum. Oh, okay. Or or there's a potassium soap. There's a few people soap. make a potassium soap, and that will that's not really effective for mites, though. So yeah, you need the lime that. sulfur for mites, and I'd go the potassium soap if it's... So, so will that actually kill the mites, and then will the veggies yes. be still edible later? Yes, uh, yes, okay. just wash them. Make sure you wash them. Mm, okay, right. What, like, what do you mean, like, wash the whole, ve- the whole plant? Uh, well, no, the bit before you're you going to eat. Them. Yeah, just before oh, you eat them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, little, okay. Bugger, I, I know. You. I know, Lee. It breaks <laughs> your heart. Oh, I hate that. I know. You grow. You spend all this time and energy on growing your veggies. And cauliflowers. Mm. Hard. I know. And then when they grow and they're so white and they just look perfect and then, oh. Do you know what I do, Sarah? I bring the veggies in. I fill the sink up with water. I leave the the veggies in the water, and you'll see all the bugs float to the top, and we still eat them. Not the bugs, but I mean the cauliflower. Bit of extra protein. But with your cauliflowers, get a peg. Peg the leaves together when the curd is first forming. And what does that do? Stops the bugs? Yeah, the bugs don't go in there. They stick on the leaf, but they don't go on top of your cauliflower. There you go, Lee. Wash, mm. your, wash your bugs yep. off and then yep. put the leaves yep. up. That's a, yep. another way of doing it. All right, a text here. I love the show. I'm from Camden in New South Wales. Hey. hey. Hello, Camden. Hello over there. And I have a problem with my chilli plant. Mm. I had a beautiful tall plant and then I found these little white bug-looking things that look like white baby knits. <laughs> Then my plant started to go very dry and the bugs moved on and now it's completely dead. The stem has a tiny bit of green in it. I tried spraying it with dishwashing liquid but didn't have any luck. Is there any luck reviving my plant? 
has another chilli plant right next to it. Didn't see any of the bugs attached to that one. Okay, so that's interesting because bugs will go to the weaker plant. So that mm. there's something wrong with your chilli. Anyway, you're coming into uh, spring, so that chilli plant will revive and will come back. So you need to prune it to where the leaves are, liquid fertilise it, keep an eye on it, and then um, as soon as the warm weather comes in, it poof, off it'll go. And speaking of chilies, mm. um, thank you, Rose, for your text. Uh, Susie in Broome has got rotten chilies. Yeah. Look at that. That's, ew. Yep. So it, that's, it's, that's. It's kind of a, gone a sort of a mushy. yellowy, mushy mm, colour. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so you know that fruit fly goes into capsicum. Um, that could be it. Or it could be vinegar fly. So bit hard to control. You need to get fruit fly baits. If you want to trap vinegar fly, you just put apple cider vinegar in a in a, a bottle and you hang or place that near you, your chilies and the vinegar fly go to that. Or if you've got a really bad bottle of red, red wine and you can't drink it, you pour it in a saucer and the vinegar fly goes to that. How did you find that out? I, I was just research. I never stop researching, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it is two minutes to ten. Uh, Terry, you might be our last caller today. So yeah, it's a very special honour for you. Hello. Good, good morning, um, Sabrina. Yes, Terry. Well, I've got some bulbs, jonquils. Jonquils, yeah. They haven't put out for the last four, probably four years. I lifted them this year. Yeah. Because they can bury themselves a bit deep and put all the energy. Yeah. But is there anything I can do to them to regenerate that flower into the bulb? Absolutely. Have you got a fridge, Terry? Yeah. There you go. So the fridge that's... Least used, like your beer fridge, I'm sure in Geraldton that's hardly ever used. You want to, when you lift your bulbs, you need to put them in the crisper, down the bottom crisper, for yep. six weeks before you replant them. Now, John Cole bulbs are poisonous, so make sure that someone doesn't go, oh, label oh, them. Sh- shallots, I'll put those in the, I'll put those in the stir fry because you'll knock off your whole family. Um, so that's the trick. That's the trick, Terry. You have to, you have to cool the bulb right down before you. So six weeks in the, in the bottom of the crisper in the fridge. Labeled very carefully. Don't put them in plastic, paper bag paper or Paper bag glass. with a label. Yeah, with okay. a label. Yeah, do not eat. These are my jonquil bulbs. Awesome. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> Thank you. That was a good tip for others as well. Mm. Um, we only have a few seconds left, but I just thought I'd share this with you. I make our soap. This is somebody else called Sarah, oh, not okay. me. okay, yeah. I make our soap, so I thought I would experiment. I have made a liquid potassium soap of about 80% neem oil, because you often say neem mm-hmm. oil and potassium mm-hmm. soap is an anti-bug thing, mm-hmm. currently testing as a garden spray for soft-bodied bug. No plants have died yet. <gasps> Caterpillars hate it. Sarah, you are a legend. And she's talking about the other Sarah, not me. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Sabrina, we'll catch you next week with Ro. It's Indeed. 10 o'clock. Steve in Southern River, listening to us on the ABC Listen app from Tirana in Albania. 
If we can find someone listening from further than Albania, I would be very impressed. Catch Dusty on ABC Radio Perth WA and on the ABC. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.